I'd love to welcome everyone to this week's Citizens Climate University. It's a weekly webinar program of Citizens Climate Lobbies that provides CCL supporters like you and I with access to in-depth training opportunities on topics related to climate change and effective climate advocacy. I'm your host, Brett Cease. And tonight, what we're gonna be talking about is how to craft conservative op-eds. And this wonderful topic comes at a time where I think all of us in the summer can really leverage this in our own work. If you're a conservative or a constituent of a conservative member of Congress, tonight we're gonna to focus with Nate Abercrombie, CCL's conservative outreach coordinator and Charlotte Ward, CCL's state and local media coordinator on a topic that's gonna to really help us write effective op-eds with conservative framing and talking points. So to get us there, we have our two esteemed guests. Let me briefly introduce who they both will be and tell you a little bit more about their background. And first up, we'll have Charlotte Ward. Charlotte was born in England, where she graduated with a BA in journalism from Tassidi University. Charlotte is a former Daily Mirror commissioning editor and has written for publications across the US, the United Kingdom, and Australia, the Triple Crown there. Good work. Before joining the CCL team full-time, Charlotte has also been a volunteer for many years with CCL and now serves as our state and local media coordinator, providing support to volunteers on training and local media outreach throughout the US. And with Charlotte is the wonderful Nate Abercrombie. Nate joined the CCL staff as the conservative outreach coordinator in July of 2021. In this role, Nate provides support to conservative fellows, interns, and volunteers, while also assisting in grassroots efforts to recruit and retain individuals with right of center political perspectives. What a great training for you tonight, Nate. Before joining CCL, Nate was the operations director for Governor Larry Hogan's campaign. Some great questions there, I'm sure, too, where he coordinated donor relations and social media activity. So what a great lineup we have. And if we've done our job well, we want you to walk away tonight from the following three or with the following three learning goals. We want to make sure to help you understand the writing process and learn how to draft your own climate-focused opinion editorial with a conservative voice. We're going to think through how you can discover that and how you can also submit your op-ed and then also leverage it by sharing it across far and wide in many different strategies that Charlotte will review here when it's published. And then we also wanna give you a couple of examples so you can see the different approaches people might take and how you actually can write effectively with your own conservative framed op-ed. Uh, so with that though, I will enjoy this training just as much as everyone else and pass it to you, Nate, to jump in for our agenda. Thank you all for being here again. Yeah, sure, thanks, Brett. Um, so welcome everyone, thanks for being here. Uh, we've broken down this presentation into a few distinct sections for you. Uh, First, we'll give ourselves a quick reminder of why writing op-eds can be an important tool to help move the needle on climate action. Then we'll talk about some of the different arguments and content you can uh, discuss to make your op-ed appealing to conservatives. Uh, after that, we'll talk about the specifics of the writing process and what makes sense. Uh, then we'll give you some ideas and examples uh, to get you brainstorming on what you should write. And uh, lastly, at the end, we'll leave plenty of time for your questions. Thanks, Nate. Hello, everyone. So first of all, we're going to dive into why write an op-ed. So op-eds, they have impact. The op-ed, just to explain what it is for anyone who doesn't know, um, the papers have their editorials, which is the voice of the newspaper. Um, and traditionally, they would have opposite the editorial, the op-ed, which is an opinion piece from someone in the community. So op-eds are an opportunity for us to um, get our voices out there in the local new paper, newspaper. And they grab the attention of members of Congress and their staff. 
Um, it's a chance to show a wider audience that conservatives care about climate and want to be part of the conversation. And people across the political spectrum can be influenced by op-eds. Um, so with the way that climate touches everything from the environment to government to businesses, communities, um, there's an absolutely huge range of topics you could cover in an op-ed. So I hope this next section will give you some insight on the topics that are good to center your op-ed around if you want to sound conservative and uh, the topics that you might want to avoid. So a good way to catch the eye of a conservative is to include economic arguments in your op-ed. There are some harrowing macro macroeconomic pressures that climate change could unleash on the U.S. economy. Among them would be an unprecedented low GDP growth, as well as persistently high inflation rates. Um, and discussing inflation and, you know, for example, how climate change would disrupt supply chains and drive up food prices uh, could be an especially salient argument uh, given the current state of the economy. Um, and so I'm going to mention this a few times tonight, but uh, don't just speak about the bad that could come from not addressing climate change. Also discuss the good things that would happen uh, should we do something about it. Um, in this case, you could talk about how addressing the problem would mean uh, creating lots of new technology, uh, boosting R&D investment, and uh, creating jobs. Um, and so another thing you could do is you could also bring in some econ 101 by discussing the basic economic principle of correcting for a negative externality. Whereby, rather than letting fossil fuel companies pass on the costs of their CO2 emissions, we make them price those costs into their products. This fits well into the uh, conservative inclination for fairness. If you want to keep the attention of a conservative reader, then you need to know how to talk about the government. First off, avoid mentioning policies heavily reliant on regulation, like uh, mandated emission standards. Um, and instead drum up the existence of policies that could help the environment and maybe even do away with regulations like NEPA, NEPA reform and uh, CF&D from a certain perspective or carbon fee and dividend from a certain perspective. Next, um, avoid talking about policies that would raise the national debt. And if you're touting a policy which is relatively cheap or even revenue neutral like carbon fee and dividend, definitely make sure to mention that. Now, this one may be obvious, but anything that involves uh, employing people to pay more taxes, uh, consider it a no-go if you want to retain the attention of your conservative reader. And uh, further, uh, policies that are reliant on doing things like creating new agencies or expanding the power and the size of the federal government should also be avoided. Um, so to sum it up, keep it small when you're discussing these areas of the government. And just as important, if you're touting carbon fee and dividend or policies that keep the government small, taxes low, et cetera, be sure to mention it. It's explicitly say stuff like this won't incur any debt or it won't create a new agency, et cetera, because conservatives will love to hear that. Um, conservatives, just like everyone else, worry about the US's place in the world. Uh, here are a few things you can mention to drive at those concerns. Talk about how climate change is going to threaten US military bases and installations, which cost billions of dollars to construct and are absolutely vital to our national security. You could also mention how climate change will cause conflicts between countries um, over resources that could drag the US into wars that we might rather avoid. Um, and this would mean putting our troops in harm's way when we could have avoided this had we acted sooner on the issue of climate change. 
And lastly, um, this has been talked about a lot by CCL recently, but uh, talk about CBAMs and or carbon border adjustment mechanisms and how they're a useful tool for applying pressure to other countries. This mechanism will allow us to do things like take advantage of American clean manufacturing and bring other countries into the fold of carbon pricing. Similar to what I mentioned earlier about how conservatives like fairness, um, talking about CBAMs uh, answers their concern of like, why should we do something if China won't? So, and uh, finally, conservatives really like it when you speak about the outdoors. Uh, notice I did not say environment because that's one of those words that conservatives kind of shy away from due to the fact, uh, or due to the way that, you know, left-leaning movements and organizations have kind of uh, co-opted it. You can talk about things like how America's agricultural industry is reliant on stable weather systems and that this industry is crucial to the economic health of middle America and the interior US. Further, you can mention that the US has been you know, blessed with national endowments worth preserving, uh, endowments which allow us to do things like hunt and fish and hike and all that sort of stuff that conservatives love. America's outdoors are obviously important for ecological reasons. I think everyone here knows that, but don't forget that they're also economically, culturally, and aesthetically significant. Thanks, Nate. So um, next we're gonna dive into the writing process. So I wanted to just talk a little bit about um, the different approaches you could take. You could take a fact-based approach. You could talk about something that's happening in the news um, and you could kind of build the facts around it. You could also um, take a very personal stance, so write it from your perspective, a first-person narrative. That can be really impactful. Um, now Nate is going to tell us a little bit more about what to think about. Yeah, sure. So there are just a few questions you should consider mulling over as you set out to write your op-ed. Um, what timely topics have you seen in the news that relate to climate change? Um, and maybe what should be in the news that isn't already? Um, why are you passionate about conservative climate change solutions or getting conservatives on board with climate change solutions? Um, how does climate change affect your life and the lives of local people? And uh, what local perspectives could be persuasive to your members of Congress or member of Congress? And a tidbit for that last one, um, I can tell you from having worked in the governor's office, if you call out your member of Congress by name, the odds are pretty good that someone in their staff will see it. So definitely be sure to mention their name when you're writing things like this, if it makes sense to do so. That's great advice. Thanks, Nate. So when you're structuring your op-ed, um, try to kind of think about one topic and stay focused. You don't want to be like jumping around all over the place. Um, you can introduce your point with a compelling opening paragraph about something timely, interesting and newsworthy. And you can identify the problem, say how it can be solved and who needs to solve it and make a call, call to action. So you want to think about like asking your member of Congress to do something, mention them by name, like Nate said, or you could ask your reader to um, take an action like write or call. Um, and if you cite statistics, use them sparingly um, and with a clear purpose. Um, so just don't like put loads in there because that's going to be off putting to the reader um, and sign off with a thoughtful and an urgent point. Okay, so how do you be compelling right from the start? So you want to think about like, you know, when you read a book or you read an article or anything, you need 
you need to be caught in that first like couple of paragraphs so you want to think about that when you're you're writing your open paragraph to your op-ed so thinking think about how you're going to grab that reader's attention so this is this is like a really powerful example here they're telling us we have to get out now we're heading over to your place that was a call i got from my mother last week as flames from the marshall fire raced through to race towards their home in in Rock Creek. So that would absolutely make you want to read on. So just think about like how you can open up your op-ed with something really compelling like that. And you also want to think about, you know, what's your local angle? That's one of the things that's going to help you best in trying to get this place in a local paper. Um, your local newspaper is probably not very interested in uh, climate impacts that are occurring in far-flung places. Um, but if you can relate climate change to what's happening in your state, in your community, the editors are much more likely to accept your piece. So ask yourself, you know, what is the impact that climate change is having on your area and will have in the future? Um, what are some of the opportunities that exist in your area as we transition to cleaner energy and greater energy efficiency? And think about and identify the values of your audience and your member of Congress. Put yourself in their shoes. What do they care about and how can you catch their attention about climate change? And presenting people with all of the problems that climate change will cause can mo definitely motivate them to do something about it. But they need to know what to do and what the potential solutions are. So talk about solutions that won't necessarily upend their way of life or hinder the free market. That's how you get conservatives on board is by giving them a way out and letting them know that there are actually things that they can do and that this isn't something completely out of their hands or their communities or the nation's hands. And of course, anticipating the reader's questions, um, this helps you construct your argument much better. Um, and I know it can be difficult to place yourself in the shoes of a conservative if you don't necessarily consider yourself one. But um, I think it's an exercise worth working on and sort of a mental muscle that you can learn to flex better and better as you do it more and more. So I urge you to think about some of the points that I've made earlier in this. Think about well, how would a conservative try to poke holes in my argument or like what would maybe turn them off for it? And then answer those questions or those concerns in your, in your uh, op-ed itself. Okay, so... Um... You want to think about your call to action. What's your kind of the point that you really want to make um, with your op-ed? So stay focused. Think of your op-ed your op-ed as a megaphone for your community. So you're you're thinking about your community, your district, what it's like, particularly if it's conservative, like what are you going to let them know? What's the crucial message you wish to convey? Resist the urge to cover too many different topics. Um, and again, make a clear call to action, like urging people to contact Congress or go to cclusa.org slash action. So once you have that, you want to think about providing some kind of headline. That's always a really great thing to do um, when you're submitting an op-ed. So you want to think about like the elevator pitch. You're in the elevator, you're telling people the story, what's the story? So come up with the catchy headline. And there's, there's a few examples here for you. Um, but you, you kind of want to just let people know straight away like what, what your point is. So as you're kind of reading through what you've written, you've put it all together, you just want to think about a few extra things. Um, CCL, we're nonpartisan. We try and bring people together. So we always want to be polite and respectful in our tone. 
Um, we want to thank members of Congress for taking steps in the right direction. We don't want to criticise them. We want to kind of tell them where we want them to be and encourage them. Be optimistic, give readers the positives and talk about problem solving, because as Nate said earlier, too much doom and gloom can just, it can make people tune out. Um, and be strategic, mention a member of Congress by name. Be polished, so fact check carefully and cite your sources. So you want to make sure that you're not just like pulling random facts from here and there. You want to properly research things and then have those links in the piece. Um, I know from talking to um, these editors on newspapers that they really appreciate it when you have those links in there because it saves them a lot of work. They don't have to go and look all this stuff up to make sure that it's correct. Um, and stick to the required word count. That word count should be on their website. Um, or you could give the paper a call and ask, but you want to kind of keep within the perimeters of that because they just don't have a lot of time for editing these things and they may even send it back to you or you know discard it because it's like 300 words more than they would usually print so just kind of bear that in mind yeah and so so now we'll get into some uh more concrete ideas and uh, some past examples of op-eds that will uh, help you brainstorm when you sit down to write yours so um share a personal story i i can't emphasize emphasize enough the significance and importance of this one um charlotte has already touched on this a good bit but you, you should speak from uh personal experience and try your best to tell compelling stories this is uh crucial to helping you reach something called the emotional brain of the people you're communicating with um and i think climate ap activists already do a pretty good job of using facts and figures and science to reach what is called the rational brain but um, we don't always do enough uh, in trying to tell the good stories. Um, and doing both though, it matters a lot. Um, and communication specialists often emphasize the importance of trying to get through to both of these parts of the brain, the emotional and the rational, because these are the two broad pathways through which people react to information and make their decisions. And so another thing you could do is write about what we stand to lose through an action. Um, the article that you're looking at right there is actually very uh, personal and close to me. I've been to Tangier Island a lot. And it's very close to where I grew up from home. But um, climate change won't just be about inconvenient weather. It will put people through very immense hardships and make us all just less secure as a whole. Um, I often like to bring up how vulnerable small communities will be to this problem. Uh, there's this thing that happens when towns get racked by storms and rising sea levels, a vicious cycle begins, where people leave the community, the tax base decreases, less per public services become available, so then more people leave the community, and it just continues to cir circle like that. So we stand to lose entire ways of life and communities if we don't do anything about this. But on the flip side, it is equally important to talk about things that we stand to gain. Um, there's sort of an inherent element to human psychology where people are more easily prompted to action by the idea of a material gain than they are by loss. If you only talk about, well, how they will lose something by not acting, they'll find a way to write off the likelihood or the seriousness of the threat that you're discussing. But if you remind them and suggest to them that they have something to gain by taking action, that motivates them in a completely different way to do something. 
So um, as you're thinking about your op-ed, you can also think about local impacts. Like that is a really emotive way to, to get people to understand this, this kind of situation that we're facing. Um, so this is a really good example from North Carolina where a volunteer wrote about the Outer Banks and, and how we're at risk of losing them. Um, so just think about those like emotive stories, the places, the unique places that you love um, in your community and in your state um, and how, you know, acting on climate will actually preserve these places for us. And you want to make a convincing case. So this is a really great example from Utah um, where the, the author of this op-ed talked about the, um, the recent report that came out. Um, which was incredibly damning. We've seen so many of these, these IPCC reports. Um, and then he kind of took that and he pivoted to Utah. Um, and he he talked about the impacts for Utah. So that that was um, a very powerful op-ed that made a very convincing case. So something else you can do is uh, collaborate with uh, GrassTop supporters to sort of help give your op-ed that, uh, or an op-ed, uh, that extra edge. Uh, in Michigan, uh, volunteers worked with two ski resort CEOs who support carbon pricing to write this op-ed here. Um, and this is an excellent example of a way to grab your congressman's eye. By helping GrassTop leaders author or co-author along with you, um, op-eds about why climate change matters to them and their businesses. And these GrassTop leaders could be farmers, small business owners, trade association presidents, or anyone who you think your rep would be inclined to listen to. But helping them get their voice out there and letting uh, your rep know that there are people who are prominent in the community who care about this sort of thing is really helpful to moving the needle on the issue. Okay, so let's talk about submitting your op-ed. So um, you can go to the opinion page and see if there are instructions for submitting an op-ed. Um, hopefully they'll say like whether you can email it or they might have one of those forms where you can cut and paste it in there. You could also look up the email for the opinion editor on the staff page of the, the newspaper on their website. They often have like the staff listed there for you. Um, be sure to include a headshot of yourself. These these op-eds, they're bigger pieces, so they normally come with, with a headshot of, of the author. Um, and if it's not printed or you're not getting a response, then it's perfectly fine to send a follow-up email just asking if they're still interested or you could call them, leave a voicemail. Often they don't answer, but you can just say, you know, oh, I sent you an email, I'm just checking you got it. And could you let me know if, if you're not interested? I just wanted to check before I send it anywhere else. Um, and then in the same way, same courtesy, just offer it to one newspaper at a time. So you're making sure that you don't have yourself in this awful situation where you send it to like two rival papers and they print it on the same day. And then they never want to take anything from you ever again because you've like given it to their rival. So just kind of bear that in mind as you're like thinking about submitting your op-ed. And then if you are printed, we want you to shout about it at CCL. So um, you can share your success with your group leader and your chapter, like let them know about it. It's a great morale booster for everyone. Um, you can log it in the action tracker so that we see it. We want to see all those successes and we do try to share them ourselves on Twitter and um, we share them in the weekly briefing. So do let us know if you're published um, and share it on social media. Um, and tag your member of Congress, like if you tag them in it, then they're definitely going to see it. So um, 
put it out there, get your champ, your chapter to amplify it, ask everyone to like retweet it, to share it, um, and then just kind of get that momentum going. Um, and you could also loop in your district liaison. Um, they have that contact with the office of your member of Congress. So it's really great if they can send an email and say, we wanted to let you know that our, that our chapter member got this published. So you're just getting it to your member of Congress then in multiple ways. And you're also like sharing it in the community. So you're getting that maximum impact for your work. We just invite you to turn up, you'll get um, a quick intro to writing a letter. I have like this five minute presentation that we do um, that tells you how to write a letter to the editor. Then we will dive into um, whatever the topics of the week are. So for instance, this week, obviously the EPA um, ruling is a big topic. Um, so we will give you a quick breakdown. Um, and then we just invite people to say like, I've seen this story in my local paper. I was thinking of doing this angle. What do you think? And then we sort of have like a round table where we discuss things and people jump in. Um, 20 minutes in, we turn off our cameras and we mute and we write and then we come back um, after those 20 minutes and we spend the next sort of 15, 20 minutes just um, hearing people's letters and it's really great because you, um, you get really motivated by hearing what people have written in that time. We don't make everyone read anyone who wants to can. So don't be put off if you feel shy with things like that. You can come and you don't have to read your letter, but you might just enjoy the whole process of writing. And uh, to remind everyone, here are Nate and Charlotte's emails. Is there anything that either of you wanted to say to close us out? I think just thank you for being here. Like we appreciate you. And if you have media inquiries, please let me know. And if you have specific questions about conservatives, then Nate is absolutely a wealth of knowledge on that. So he can help you. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate your time and your questions. They were great. Yeah, we hope you found tonight's training useful and empowering. And please let us know what you've done with it. So share in the forums, share with your team, just like Charlotte and Nate reviewed with your own op-ed. If you found some ideas, we'd love to hear about it. So story tell afterwards so we can help celebrate and amplify your impact. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you, Nate. Thank you for listening to this episode of Citizens Climate Lobby's training program. You can tune into more episodes anywhere podcasts are available. Inspired by what you heard today? Join Citizens Climate Lobby to advocate for bipartisan climate solutions. Go to community.citizensclimate.org to find more trainings, resources, your local chapter, national action teams, discussion forums, and more. Be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Citizens Climate. We also invite all of our listeners to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more inspiration. Like what you hear? Recommend us to your friends and make sure to give us a five-star rating. It helps us show up on other listeners' feeds. Feel free to pass on any suggestions for future episodes in the comments as well. And together, we are creating the political will for a livable world.